Voyage of Discovery. I'm your host, Mary Osborne, the museum specialist at the Stewart House, the birthplace of Kappa Kappa Gamma. This month, we take a look at another item in the Stewart House's collection. This month's episode is all about a letter in the museum's archives, and it's linked to one of the house's most colorful residents. If you browse the Stewart House collection on Kappa Kappa Gamma's digital archives, you may come across a letter labeled William K. Stewart to his daughter, dated circa 1881. It describes how William's daughters, Lucretia and Isabel, had contracted scarlet fever. The problem is, as I later realized, that William couldn't have written this letter. For one thing, the return address and the date don't fit with William's timeline. He wasn't living in Walnut Grove in 1886. Furthermore, William only had two daughters, both of whom the letter mentions. The writer addresses his daughter, so William couldn't be the author of this letter. It turns out that it was actually written by Henry Mariner to his daughter, Ada Mariner. Ada Mariner was William Stewart's sister-in-law. She was a college graduate, a Kappa, a professor, a divorcee, a businesswoman, and a resident of the Stewart house. In short, Ada represented the new woman. When I started working at the Stewart House, I learned the basic facts about William and his family. He attended Monmouth College and graduated in 1867. Like his father, James, he too became a lawyer. In 1873, he married Mary Mariner. Mary was the daughter of Henry and Lucretia Mariner. The Mariners lived in McDonough County, where Henry owned a considerable amount of land. William and Mary had four children together, Mary, Lucretia, Isabel, and James. Only Lucretia and Isabel survived into adulthood, however. Mary Mariner Stewart died in 1886 at the age of 36 from tuberculosis. William died in 1930, at which time Lucretia assumed ownership of the family home until it passed to her daughter, Mary. After Mary's death in 1987, the Minnie Stewart Foundation eventually purchased the house to convert it to a museum. I memorized this narrative, and it seemed set until one day last May when I was searching the University of Illinois digital newspaper collection for any mention of the Stewarts. I stumbled upon an article from 1907 that made me question what I knew about the Stewarts' history. The title immediately caught my attention, Local Heirs Sue for Big Estate. William's daughters, Lucretia and Isabel, were contesting their grandfather Henry Mariner's will and suing a woman named Ada Mariner Stewart for fraud. I had never heard of anyone named Ada Mariner Stewart. After doing a little more reading, I discovered that Ada Mariner Stewart was William's second wife and the younger sister of Mary Mariner. I had so many questions, one of which was, what was the outcome of the lawsuit? The article explained that Lucretia and Isabel accused Ada of coercing Henry into changing his will and reducing their bequest. There were, however, no further articles about the outcome of the lawsuit. This article marked the beginning of my attempt to sketch out Ada Mariner's life. In order to learn what happened, I first visited the archival depository at Western Illinois University. There I found Henry Mariner's will, and more importantly, the judgment in the lawsuit. To my surprise, the judge ruled in Ada's favor and ordered Lucretia and Isabel to cover all the court costs. I now had the answer to my most pressing question, but this newfound knowledge raised even more questions about Ada. Over the past year, I have been piecing together Ada's life using every primary source I can find, from university catalogs to city directories. This is what I can share with you. Ada Miranda Mariner was born on February 2, 1854, in Canton, Illinois. 
She was the younger daughter of Henry and Lucretia Mariner. By 1860, the Mariners had settled in Walnut Grove in McDonough County. She briefly attended Monmouth College in 1874 and then transferred to Lombard University in Galesburg, where she graduated with a bachelor's degree in 1878. She appears to have remained at Lombard to pursue graduate study because in June 1881 she delivered the master's oration. Ada's area of study was elocution and oration, and later that year she moved to Canton, New York to attend St. Lawrence University. As a student, she enrolled in a Greek course. While a student at St. Lawrence, Ada became a charter member of Beta Beta, a chapter of Kappa Kappa Gamma. She did not complete a degree, but instead returned home to Walnut Grove the next year. She was not idle for long. The Knoxville Daily Chronicle reports that she was a candidate for McDonough County Superintendent of Schools. She became the fifth woman in Illinois nominated for county superintendent, but ultimately lost the election. In the mid-1880s, tragedy befell the Mariners. In 1884, Ada's mother, Lucretia, died, and two years later, Ada's older sister, Mary, succumbed to, to tuberculosis. Ada did not attend her sister's funeral, perhaps because she was enrolled at the National School of Elocution and Oratory in Philadelphia. She also studied under Samuel Silas Curry and Leland T. Powers of Boston. She graduated from the school in 1887 and took a position teaching elocution at Bucktill College in Ohio. Ada remained at Bucktill for two years and then at some point in 1890 relocated to Louisiana. According to the New Orleans Times-Democrat, Ada delivered a lecture on physical culture and dress reform to the women's club. She argued that women's physical education was equally as important as their mental education and advocated attire that promoted freedom of movement. According to Ada, quote, a woman's garments should consist of but three garments, a union suit, bifurcated skirt, and dress, which should all be made in one piece, end quote. Ada had additional opportunities to act on her views on physical education by teaching gymnastic, gymnastics classes to women in the Southern Athletic Club. These, however, are not gymnastics as we understand them. The Delsart and Sargent systems Ada taught deal with bodily attitudes and gestures used to improve declamation and dramatic expression. Presumably, once her health improved, Ada moved to Pasadena, California. She taught English literature at Troop University for at least one year. Troop University was the forerunner to the California Institute of Technology. By 1895, Ada had returned to Illinois. She taught at White School, a grade school in Peoria, for a year and then returned to McDonough County. On March 26, 1902, she married William K. Stewart, her brother-in-law, who had been a widower for 16 years. William and Ada divorced after only two years together. Not long afterwards, Ada's father, Henry, died, and Ada weathered more scandal with the ensuing lawsuit. Sometime between 1909 and 1910, Ada sold her possessions and headed west. She eventually settled in Bliss, Idaho, where her cousin Frank Mariner resided. She joined the Bliss Townsite Company, of which he was president. She served as the secretary and treasurer. The Bliss Townsite Company became embroiled in at least one lawsuit, and Ada was again accused of fraud. She died in Idaho at the age of 85 from cardiovascular disease and pneumonia. In her will, she left Lucretia and Isabel her remaining assets. She is buried in Bushnell, Illinois, with the rest of the Mariner family. Why is Ada's story relevant? It increases our knowledge of the Stewart family, but more importantly, Ada, like many Stewart, puts a face on the history of the women's rights movement. 
Though she represented an earlier generation, she lived the life of one of the new women of the 1890s. She pursued higher education at a time when there were just over 10,000 women in college across the country. Ada focused on her career and did not marry at a conventional age. She traveled all over the country unchaperoned at a time when most people did not leave the city or town in which they were born. As a graduate student, she became a charter member of Beta Beta, St. Lawrence's chapter of Kappa Kappa Gamma. She eschewed wearing a corset and instead advocated a style of dress that permitted more freedom of movement. Later in life, she endured the scandal of divorce. Society in 1904 considered divorce shameful, even though the divorce rate was rising. The press typically held women responsible for the divorce, and Ada would have had to contend with a new identity. No longer single, nor a wife, she would have existed in a different space. Her divorce may have been the reason she moved west and stopped teaching. In Idaho, she reinvented herself. In later senses, for example, she actually identifies herself as a widow. There, she embarked on a new career in real estate. Ada's story reminds us that although women have made progress, some attitudes and challenges remain the same. Her story also reminds us that women's lives are complex and real life can be messy. Not everyone persists to live happily ever after. Recovering Ada's story has been both exciting and frustrating. This project has pushed me to think creatively about where to find information. Ada, like most women of, of her era, appears in very few local histories, only one um, that I'm aware of so far. And so I've had to rely on a variety of sources to piece together her life. Newspapers and city directories have been extremely helpful, and Ancestry.com has sent me down more rabbit holes than I can count. It has provided a wealth of, of information in terms of her movements, which I track in the senses and in several school annuals. My most exciting finds, however, have been in the circuit court and chancery records. Of course, very few of these documents have given me a sense of Ada's personality. I have only a handful of her own words and no confirmed photographs of her yet. Ada is quoted in the Times Democrat as saying, If I were a man, I would doff my hat in reverence to the women of the South. But as I am only a woman, I can but grasp the hand of fellowship which has been so cordially extended me by the women of the sunny South, end quote. A genealogy covering her mother's family history also quotes her concerning her own autobiography. She says, I am not married. I am not dead. Make of those comments what you will. It's fair to say that Ada Miranda Mariner was ahead of her time. She refused to allow society to dictate her behavior in an era of separate spheres for men and women. I still have questions about Ada, some of which may never be answered. Finding the missing pieces to her story is challenging, but it has yet to be disappointing. That's all the time we have for today. Join me next month as I explore the origin of the crazy quilt at the Stewart House. I'm Mary Osborne for Voyage of Discovery. Voyage of Discovery is recorded at the Stewart House, an educational outreach program of the Kappa Kappa Gamma Foundation. To learn more about the museum, visit the Foundation's page on kappa.org. Like us on Facebook and follow Stewart House 1865 on Instagram. Thanks for listening.